But then you yeah. got the elderly people that are standing up for it, saying, "Well, I want to ride in that," and their wives or whatever saying, "No, no, don't say I'm that." The back. Yeah, and they're like, "Wait." <laughs> Lindsay, how are you? How is your day going? She she is a a lovely funeral everything in the state of Utah. Lindsay, tell us um, maybe your most unique experience in funeral service in your lifetime, your most unique experience. I think the best thing that I've kind of, um, I don't know, the best experience I've had is when I was you know, on call, but also doing funerals and stuff. And so we had a really busy night, um, you know, and I, I'm sure I share this with many people, but we had a really busy night and, you know, you get home, like not home, <laughs> but back to the funeral home, right. I guess home yeah. for some, and you just finish everything and then you go right to the service. And, you know, um, I think it's a unique thing. Like when you're, when you're very passionate about it, um, mm-hmm. You don't really, like, you get tired, but you don't really get tired. You can, like, how you can just keep going and going. But yeah. also, I mean, like I said, it's it's a, again, no two situations are the same. So it's a unique thing to be able to help, like, with each person's life because there's such a story, you know, from, I mean, sure. even just the memory tables, right, um, for each person. And you get to learn so much about so many people. And I just think that's really cool. So I don't know. It's yeah. just everywhere. Yeah, no, I'm with you, and the energy sometimes comes out of nowhere. Uh, Maybe it's a lot of coffee, or maybe it's just running off of adrenaline sometimes. Because yeah, or even just being told, "Hey, this is beautiful. Like this is a great service," and just seeing the relief. Yeah. From utter heartbreak. I mean, obviously they're still heartbroken, but they're able to breathe for a moment. You know, when we're when we're there helping. Right. I think that's a that's a unique experience for sure. Because it's just all it's like that weird calming feeling. Like everything feels content, right? Yeah. And I think we we thrive off of that um, being in funeral yeah. service, and it it only helps us to to be able to service the families better in every aspect. Because um, as we know, it's it's a job that never ever rests, and so yeah. whenever we have the opportunity to, we we do it. But on those days that are long, it's always very helpful to have someone that. Uh, gives you that little, little nice nudge in the right direction that you're doing a good job. It's very, yeah. very beneficial for us. But I think when there is no time sometimes to, to wind down, you just got to power through and uh, we, yeah. we become, we become very good at that. I'm sure as you, as you are as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just kind of find a way, but like I said, I mean, you can have a full day of just really hard things and a really busy day, but once, once somebody's like, Hey, this is, you know, or even you just see them like just again, be able to breathe instead of just being absolutely beside themselves. It's just, it's the reassurance that, wow, like I, not only do I obviously know what I'm doing, but I'm good at it. And I was able to help people and, and make this day a lot better, so to speak, than it would have been, I feel like, and, you know, honor that person. So Yeah, that's what it's all about making that impact and uh, helping them through those tough times. It's, it's a special thing we get to do. What is your, what, what, what is your day-to-day like? Um, I know that um, you operated a funeral home that has multiple locations. So how does that work for you? And what is a a normal day like in Lindsay's shoes? 
So <clears throat> some things are a little different now, but oh, back when things were a little busier, um, it could look like, you know, I, I was doing vehicles and stuff like that too. And we have quite the, quite the fleet, right? So yeah. it's making sure, I mean, again, as you know, every detail matters. You could have a beautiful service and beautiful day, but if one thing goes wrong or if like the, there's something wrong with the casket, I mean, the hearse is out of gas. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, panic. Um, yeah, no, you, it's just, I mean, and a, and a dirty hearse, right? Like it's, yeah. you think, Oh, this is so beautiful, but that, I wish that that would have been this way or that. And you know, overall, yeah, it might go good, but you never want them to focus on that. I mean, when my grandma, when my grandma passed, right, that was when I was younger, mm-hmm. but the funeral home had accidentally left. I don't know why it was with her, but left the, I mean, now I kind of do, right? Left the fun- um, the nail bottle polish or nail polish bottle, sorry, oh, no. um, in her hand. And it was probably because they were painting her nails, right? And then they left it with her to be given back to the family. But instead uh... somebody missed that. And so it was just like, but that's like a detail, right? Like that's, that's one of the first things that I remember. And it, it wasn't like a huge, like, oh my gosh, it ruined things. But it's just a weird, again, it's just an example of how you remember pretty much everything um you have to be visual. and so yeah so when i was doing cars i mean obviously that's you know making sure they're fueled making sure all the service is up to date you know um, oil mm-hmm. changes and whatever needs to be done cosmetically and mechanically um car washes and details and you know because you don't know if the spouse or or who you know is going to be riding in the, in the funeral coach with you um not to mention that's their last ride, right? So even if they're not in the front, um, it still matters that it's it's clean and it's presentable. Um, right. You know, sometimes things happen, but we just try to do our best to make sure everything is is good. Um, you know, and then we obviously have the limos and the the bigger bigger limos and all those vehicles. So you know, making sure even though I'm not doing vehicles now, I mean. Now, you know, when you do a funeral service, you still need to make sure, obviously, the gas is in there. You need to take the time. You need to show up early enough to, I mean, as you know, anything can happen. So even if you think everything's ready to go, you might as well make some more time because it's better to just sit than, than be unprepared. What was so the curveball that, that you have were thrown at in the past? Did you deal with anything that uh, was a stressful situation that you had to handle as far as the, the fleet of vehicles? Um, you know, like, so we have a really unique car. Um, it's a Rosewood, uh, classic coach. It's called an O-Vale. It has, um, Rolls Royce parts. It's, it's a, like, it's an original. It's a, it's a classic coach, but it has, you know, current modern things to it as well. That was difficult because it's, you know, one of the only ones out here. Um, and they're out of Arkansas. So Mm -hmm. they, uh it's a beautiful car, but it's, it's, if you don't know what you're doing, you know, um, and, and you know, you just gotta, you just gotta be on top of things like that because they're not, they're not like an everyday vehicle, but with how many funeral services you do sometimes, um, you just, again, you gotta be prepared and stuff. I think that the most stressful situation though, that happened, um, obviously we made sure that the family didn't know because you don't want the family to deal with, you know, they don't need the behind the scenes stuff, but you always want everything to just go in the front. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. So on our end though, uh, we had a situation where just one of the limos just 
was giving us trouble. Um, mm -hmm. It ended up being a mechanical issue, but um, it just, and, and, and a flat tire overall. But uh, the thing is, is it was in the middle of nowhere. Um, luckily, we were able to handle it and get somebody to come help in time. But it's those situations where, because we service all over, um, right. it's those situations where you can't be right there that you're like, wait, because, you know, you got to you got to fix it fast. Sure. Um, but, you know, those are those are things that just can happen. So you just got to be prepared. And, and luckily, yeah. you know, the, the family, family with you during that or what, what was the situation? No, it was in between. So since they were out of out of a, it was like out of not out of state, but out of it was Rare. further away. Yeah. Um, we had time in between where the, you know, there was a break for everybody to travel there safely because it was a couple hour drive. That was lucky. So it just happened to be right in the right timeline where, you know, we were able to get, get on it and get a, get a new tire in there. And Good. again, it didn't affect them. So that was great. But on our end, you're thinking, Oh no, what's going to yeah. happen? Um, Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So, How often are you yeah. seeing since you, it seems like you've used limos like a decent amount. What, what percent of families do you see using limos? It's very rare nowadays, at least in our area. So I'm curious yeah. how the difference is around the country. So we don't, um, I wouldn't say we use them constantly, but we do, you know, we, there's certain packages and stuff that, that have it in it. And it's like either the family can use it or not, but we do have a pretty nice one where it seats, I think up to 12 or 13, I believe. And it's, a, it's a nicer, uh, Mercedes, um, you know, nice, nicer, nicer vehicle. Um, wrong with that? It's almost like a, it sounds bad to say this, but it's almost like a party bus, right? But it's more reserved. Um, we stock it with, you know, bus. yeah, yeah. We stock it with either, um, you know, one that. of the fun memories I have, <laughs> <laughs> one of the fun memories I have with it is this family, um, you know, they had their loved one pass and it was grandkids that were wanting to ride in the back with, uh, the spouse of the loved one. Right. And so because it's the bus that it is, number one, they all get to share that experience with each other. I mean, yeah, certain limos, it was, a, it's a more intimate uh, seating as well. Like it's like a, a circular, like, Ooh. you know, you get to sit side by side versus row by row. That's nice. I mean, that's fun, but you're also turning around and I don't know, it's just, it's a more inclusive kind of thing. Right. Um, but also, like I said, we stock it with uh, treats and snacks from either oh. things that, that the, the loved one who passed away liked or that wow. the family likes. That way. Nice touch. Exactly. Because if, you know, the last thing I'm going to be like, honestly, doing is remembering to drink water and eat. Because when you're grieving, most of the time, I mean, depending on the situation, you're not really being conscious of that. Um, so, right. you know, it's, it's, it's nice to have right there and have things that they like to kind of help them um keep going throughout the day especially when we have long days um the yeah, other so yeah, yeah that experience i had yeah um that experience i had was cute because it was all the grandkids and the like i said the spouse and they were playing songs that um their loved one liked and so they were all singing them and you know, but then at the end they played spooky, scary skeletons. And this was literally in June. So it was just, it was the cutest thing because they were laughing and smiling and, 
the families just really, really love that because, again, it, it puts a nice touch on that drive to and from the cemetery. It does. We, we will go to your house, you know, pick you up from the house. So it does get used a lot more than the than the average, I think, just because we offer that option to get you to and from your house no matter what the time because, I mean, who, again, you're crying, you're upset. It's, it's nobody really wants to drive, in my opinion, or worry about picking other people up, making sure everybody's there. Um, you can just set a time. Everybody can meet you there and be picked up, and yeah. you just worry about showing up you know, and, and grieving and getting through the day. Yeah. We handle everything else. So. Yeah. It makes it a, a little bit easier on the family that there's less to worry about. And yeah. I think it's a nice thing. I remember doing that when, um, you know, my grandparents passed away years and years ago. Um, all of our family getting to be together in the limos or uh, it just made it a, a very, it had us all connected at a different level that we were in. It was such a beautiful, nice thing that all of us were able to be together the whole time as opposed yeah. to driving multiple different cars and um it's it's something that has gone away a little bit but i personally have seen the value in that and um mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a great thing that you do to go above and beyond and provide those little extra touches because that's what mm -hmm. this industry is all about is those little extra touches and that's how you distinguish yourself and set set yourself apart from competition so um, really love that. I think that's a lot of thing. That's something that a lot of funeral homes could incorporate or should incorporate if they have that ability to. Oop, that's a death call here. Hold on just a second. All right, I think the students got it. I'm sorry about that. You know, we've been seeing a lot more business come in ever since we started mortuary marketing. And I got to tell you, all the funeral homes we work with, are they're saying the same thing. So what do we do? We run ads on Google and other similar sites that get directed at families that need a funeral home in your area. It then brings them to a page that we've designed for you that gets the family to call you to inquire for your services. It's really increased our volume big time. It's working for my funeral home, and I think most parlors could really benefit from its uses. I put a bunch of information in the podcast description. Go check it out. I'm always happy to help talk with you and answer any questions you might have. All right, let's get back to our morbid discussion. So tell me um, a little bit more about um, what you do with the funeral home. I know we talked in the past that you've done some things to help promote the funeral home in the in the area. Uh, give us some, some of the things that you've done that um, other funeral homes might be able to incorporate in, in their area. So I think it's very important that you be involved with your community. Um, our funeral home in general is very involved with our community. Um, and our locations. Um, and so that being said, we're, we, we are given the opportunity, no matter the position you hold within the company, to get out there, be a face of the company, and you know just help, I guess, and, and make yeah. it known that, that we're there and we're there to provide a service and be there when it's necessary. It's an unfortunate need, but it is a need nevertheless, right? So um, some it things is, that we yeah. do, um, that we've done before, is, uh, you know, our communities have um, 4th of July parades um, and other parades throughout the summer. Um, we put one of our, that, that coach that I mentioned, um, we put that funeral coach in those parades and we drive and walk with it. Um, we have other people yeah. that attend it um, in groups that we sponsor. And so we're out there 
we're putting faces to stuff, you know, um, we have this really big, like, Halloween event, um, it's kind of like a big trunk or treat, but it, you know, it, it brings together the community and all these sponsors. I mean, even the police department, the local hospital, everybody oh. has kind of like a booth and yeah. it draws thousands of people. Um, during this, no we country. have like a screened movie on like a pop-up screen. So people online can still like watch a movie again, it's a trunk or treat. So all the little kids can get their treats. Um, it's kind of oh. cute. Our grounds crew even has like a section cause we, we show off some of our vehicles, you know, and then our grounds crew has a section and it's just funny because they'll have like little skeletons driving the, the, you know, the vehicles and stuff like that. It's just a cute touch. Um, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fun thing to do. And now, now we're um, having food trucks and we have a live band. Um, we even do like a little haunted house on the side. So, you know, that's, that's big time. yeah, that's one of the festive things. Um, another, um, yeah. at our funeral home, my mom's done it the past few years. She, she's not involved with the funeral home too, too much. Um, because she, she does a lot of nannying and, uh, mm-hmm. um, a lot it of stuff. Just the best with kids. Yeah. And she hosts a trunk or treat every year at the funeral home too. So a lot of people from the neighborhood surrounding area, they all come, they decorate mm-hmm. their cars. Yeah. And she has a big prize for the winner and all this stuff. <laughs> kids love it and um we do the same thing but we i bring out the hearse as my vehicle yeah, that's what we do so, uh, <laughs> you know i i've made it like one year where like the little kids could like climb through the back and it was like a little maze for them to go through uh it's stuff like that that it's it connects you with everyone in your community and it just shows you or shows them your support in every way possible and mm-hmm. sometimes it's good to have like a little bit of fun because uh we deal with challenging things and it's good to show that different side to the people yeah. that are going to be using our services too. Well, it puts a brighter side on things, right? Because I mean, you still get the people that are kind of creeped out by it. Um, you know, for an example, you got, some, I got some funny comments, you know, with us having our funeral coach in the parade and then they're like, Oh, it's a mortuary. Like, you know, just all kinds of stuff. I'm sure you can imagine was said, but some of it's really funny. Some of it's like, oh, don't say that. <laughs> but then you yeah. got the elderly people that are standing up for it saying, well, I want to ride in that. And their wives or whatever saying, no, no, don't say I'm that. The back. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, wait. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and it's funny. But uh, it, it puts a, I mean, just like all the exposure, I think this these these days that the, the uh, death care industry is getting just on social media, for example, um, you know, I think it's necessary because it, it makes it a little less scary. Um, the unknown is usually pretty scary, right? So, yeah. you know, in the past when I thought, like, what happens when I die? Like, who's going to, are they going to judge me or what's going to happen? I mean, seeing the other side of things, obviously the public's not going to see our side that we see. But, right. see, like, knowing that people care, see, meeting the people and, and seeing the efforts that they make and, how much they care and, you know, treating those people like it's your own family. I mean, it goes a long way because yeah. it comforts them and they know that they can trust you, um, I guess, yeah. you know? And so I think again, just opening up room for a conversation about like, wait, what's that? You know, because when I was little, one of the first experiences I ever had with understanding what a mortuary or a funeral even was, 
was driving down the street with my mom and I just saw something that said mortuary and that day I was just asking what every building was but I was already kind of interested in that stuff and once she explained it to me like I remembered so you mentioned you know letting the kids go in the back of the funeral coach like that I would have loved that (laughs) you know and it's cool that we have we have that opportunity now right like yeah you can see more things and you know be more connected with the people on that side not just firefighters and police but also your funeral home you know yeah expands uh the amount of things that someone can do in their life and expands their horizon so um yeah it's a great thing i'm assuming from that point on that's how you knew you wanted to get into funeral service i would like to hear your story of uh <laughs> how it began and um where it led you to be where you are today okay so it's it's a whole thing um i love talking it. about it so when I was eight, um, that's the earliest memory I kind of have. I, I had attended some funerals, not super close to me, but family. Um, mm-hmm. My mom wasn't, you know, I mean, they obviously attended funer- funerals and stuff, but they didn't take me to everyone. They kind of waited until it was appropriate. And by that, I think they meant that's I wouldn't funny. be running around and screaming and stuff. And, yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, I know sometimes you can't prevent that, but there's, it, it just, if you can and you know kids don't really understand and and you want to be there grieving it's probably best to you know again it depends on the situation right but right i just i think i understand why they kind of did that but i wouldn't have remembered it anyway so my earliest one i remember it was a catholic uh service and i just Mm -hmm. remember like seeing um the smoke and the holy water and just all these, I just remember these little flashes of it. I don't remember the whole service, but that is a core memory for me. And it was very neat. And from an early age, I was interested in that stuff. Um, My parents would watch Tales from the Crypt. I know it's a little out of pocket, but the intro when it would, you know, go down the stairs and then he'd pop out just seeing like a skeleton and seeing that. And I'm like, wait, that was a person, even though that's a show, you know, like as a little kid, I was more interested in that stuff and Beetlejuice and Nightmare Before Christmas, the, you know, not Disney princesses and stuff like that. So I knew I had an interest in the, the kind of different side of things. Yeah. And then, um, my first big funeral I attended was my grandma. Um, was when I was about 15 years old and mm-hmm. it was the most involved and my, again, my first experience that I had ever really had. Um, she, I was there when she passed away, um, mm-hmm. held her hand as it happened. And so that was, that's you know, hard. that's a different experience. Um, yeah. but it kind of, I felt obligated. I just felt obligated. I know I was young, but I felt like I, and I mean, she had her kids and, you know, our, our other family members there, anybody could have, but I just, we were really close and I just, I felt obligated to be there with her through that process. And I did. And it, it was a really good feeling and not then, but I mean like now it's a really good feeling knowing that I was able to support her through that. But, um, you know, then my mom, she allowed me to help with, um, just some stuff and, and, and being there to support. Right. Um, and (laughs) Oddly enough, she was, uh, this grandma was cared for through my mortuary um, and a location that I work at this now these days, which is not even, yeah, yeah, it was not even the intention, but, um, you know, that's one of my core memories too, is is walking into that funeral home. And now every time I do, 
I flash back to seeing my grandma. Um, I'm a big yeah. closure person and I needed yeah. to, I needed to see my grandma in that setting. Um, right. like I said, I had only been to a couple funerals, but for me, I really, again, I mean, yeah, she died holding my hand, but I needed to just see the casket and the, just everything because I was, I just, I don't know. I did. So my mom, yeah, the grief process. Um, my grandma was a very private person, so she didn't want a huge public viewing. But my mom, I mean, she's not a real viewing person either. She doesn't really need that. She's just, she'd rather, she's a, I'd rather remember them as they were. But in my opinion, I mean, everyone's different. And I just can't, I get, I get and respect that, obviously. Yeah. But for me, I need different things. So she was kind enough to, exactly, um, kind enough to allow me to have a quick little viewing, a private viewing, if you will, with my grandma and then close the casket and uh, go forth with the the private graveside. But um, then three months after that, my aunt, I mean, we knew my aunt was dying already because she had cancer. Yeah. But it ended up being like a hospice situation. So we had to do hospice. And so I became familiar with hospice. And then, yeah. again, this was three months after my grandma. So I was like, I felt the obligation to step up again and be there for my mom. Um, I mean, my mom, like my parents are, well, my dad's passed now, but they're still married technically. So it's not like my mom didn't have support. But it's just, you know, it's your family and you feel the need to kind of be there. Right. So okay. I just... I felt like, okay, well, I kind of dealt with grandma. I know it's probably different, but I want to be involved and help how I can. It was a, you know, a rewarding kind of feeling when you assist with something like that, um, even when it's your family, because you feel like you helped in some way, um, in my opinion. So with my aunt, that was an interesting situation because we, we kind of, it was weird because, again, you know, it, I, I mentioned it's nice that, that people get to be familiar with the, the death process and get to be more informed now about what happens behind the scenes. There's a lot of like TikToks and videos and, and YouTube right. and podcasts and things that you can go listen to yeah. and, and hear. Um, but we didn't know that uh, we could you could cut clothes on the back, right? So my mom's panicking. Like, like, secret. Well, yeah, <laughs> I can't. It's, it's a it's an industry secret but uh <laughs> she just I mean we didn't know that so it, it's kind of funny thinking about now just a panic because there was so much focus around the fact that not you know, the aunt died from yeah from cancer so she had she was not her normal size so we're sitting there panicking like well how do we like we got to go get her new clothes we didn't have to but we wanted to right I mean right but what size so we were like channeling my size of clothes. I'm out here trying on like <laughs> a blazer, like pants, like, well, this might look like, cause I was younger. yeah. So I'm out here trying on the clothes that my aunt's going to be, you know, buried in. And it's just like, okay, well, <laughs> if we would have known that we could have just fit it on, that would have been helpful. But now you know that. So I don't think we would have been doing that. <laughs> But right. it was still nice to be able to do that and make sure, hey, she's going to have something nice that looks good on her um, and that we know <laughs> will look good on her. Um, but then I got to to help write her obituary, and that was really neat. Like, And then seeing yeah. it published, like that was really cool because it's like that's forever, and whoever looks at that, it's a tribute to my aunt, and you know, I had a part in that. 
And so that That's was really nice cool. Um, yeah. And she had some pretty cool music played, you know, like uh, Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult and, um, sure. you know, some Dio. But Cowbell. yeah, so <laughs> it was just that was my first kind of really personalized service, I guess, if you will. And so I got to see, you know, although there were attendants that might not agree with that music, um, they weren't rude about it. They just kind of were like a little surprised, but Popped had a little <laughs> exactly, but they were all like, well, that was her. So, you know, and that's what right. you want to go for. That's what she yep. wanted. That's what she asked for. And we executed it. So that was, that was really yeah. cool to see that that was an option. Right. Um, and then after that, I just had different people from different areas of my life pass away. Um, you know, and my dad had friends that I was very involved with my dad's life. Um, my dad was a car salesman and mm-hmm. a fleet manager, um, but a different kind of fleet manager, just sales. He was a sales sales guy, but before that did some other stuff. So right. he was just very well known. Um, so, you know, even just hearing about those funerals, sometimes I would attend with him um, sure. and just my point is, is I got a lot more exposure to all different kinds of services at that point. And then it started, unfortunately, getting to be like close friends and closer people to me because it like, it's just my generation for some reason. Um, it's, I don't even know if like, it's weird to think about a high school reunion 50 years from now. Cause like, I don't even know who's going to even be there unfortunately addiction and mental mental health suicide that's very prominent um in my area and just yeah i mean i'm sure it's all over right but we just i've just lost a lot of friends so i guess what i'm saying is i'm sorry that's terrible that's okay um so that was my next exposure to it um and you know obviously every situation's unique i mean if i lose my grandpa and you lose yours i'm not gonna say i know how that is i can say well i've lost a grandfather too but i'm never gonna say that because our relationships could be different. Our experiences could be different. And so it was just all very, you know, very different experiences. So when it really kind of hit though, um, I think it started really affecting me. I mean, my grandma passing, it changed my entire life, but you know, my aunt was kind of expected, but that was still hard. Um, after that, like I said, I had more people, but when it started really getting at me was I had a, a boyfriend pass and that was in, um, yeah, that was in uh, 2014. So oh that was goodness. rough. Um, and then another one in 2016. But they were, it was, so it's just like, they died in kind of different, tragic, unexpected ways, right? But those really, like the first one, I got to be pretty involved. And people would kind of say, like, I was like the female version of him. So it was... I got the sense of comfort, I guess, that I brought to people by just being there. Obviously, I was hurting, too. But I saw what it was like to be there as a group and, like, be, like, just be supportive and be able to bring comfort, right? And so just being involved, like, with cleaning the house and cleaning things up, like, so I guess my point is, you know, I went from helping writing obituaries to helping pick music for things to helping and being involved with every step with that, um, you know, and then again, it was just friends here and there in between, few and far between yeah. those losses. But then what really got me, um, and again, this is just the loss portion of why, what loss and what I've experienced on that end and why that got me here. Obviously, I mentioned I've had interest in like the darker side and the weirder side yeah. and the unknown side of things. 
Um, and then I did mention the story of how, you know, I was driving past that mortuary at eight and asked my mom about it and she gave me, you know, minimal respectful information. But yeah. I just remember being so interested with that. And then when YouTube came about, obviously, oh, what's an autopsy? What's embalming? And just all this weird yeah. stuff. And, you know, the questions that I heard my mom being asked throughout things. And I'm just like, well, mom, what is, what's a cremation? And, you know, you get to learn all that stuff. So it was bits and pieces. But back to the lost portion. I mean, that's just, that's just me saying that the interest has always been there. I just had misinformation and I had the understanding that you had to, again, every state's different, but I thought you had to fully graduate and do all these things beforehand. Um, yeah. And I am a, I was a young single mom, so I, that wasn't really on the table right away. So I just assumed that maybe it won't ever happen and I hadn't really looked into it. But what kind of pushed me was when I lost my dad and that was March of 2020, which was crazy because it was during the pandemic, um, kind of. He entered the hospital at the beginning of March that year, which COVID in our area had already kind of started hitting. The hospitals, the beds were pretty much almost full with patients lining the hallways and so forth, um, yes. you know, and, and they were setting up tents outside for people who were coming in to be, I guess, segregated, if you will, from the other people right. so that, you know, because again, it was the start of COVID, so to speak, over here, and no one really knew what to expect. So it's better to overdo it than underdo it, right? So I just remember seeing those tents and it was crazy because it looks like those houses that are being fumigated or whatever with yeah. bugs it's like these surface yeah. tents and you're like what is happening do not enter <laughs> yeah so that was wild because that was the beginning of march and then she passed away haunted house uh on the funeral home grounds for next year <laughs> well, yeah no you need to you need to do that we have uh, some old caskets that obviously were you know incorporated yeah <laughs> yeah so um yeah um but yeah, so March of 2020, um, so he passed on the day of the pandemic. It wasn't even COVID related, which is crazy. It was brain yeah. cancer, which is brutal. Jeez. But that kind of, I mean, again, since I had helped with my aunt and stuff, that's my father. So I was there the entire time and whatever yeah. I needed to help with. I mean, he got lucky enough to be in the hospital, but do hospice, but at the hospital, because it was a weird situation. They didn't want to send him home because they really couldn't. He wouldn't have made the ride but also COVID. So they just kind of segregated us in the room and that was nice to have. But, um, you know, it was the afterwards. I'm like, well, you know, my mom's ready to go because she, I mean, she didn't want to see any of it, but I'm thinking, well, what, what is going to happen now? How do they come and get him? And I didn't have anyone to ask, but that was my dad. And I wish I would have known because I wish I, I would have stayed and watched or helped. Right. Like, but yeah. so I felt bad. Um, and then when my, when, when they went to have his, when we went to have his service, if, if you want to call it that, um, because of the COVID times and the unfamiliarity with everything, the, he was that funeral home's uh, first COVID funeral, if you will. So their first service since it even sure. happened. So they didn't even know what to do. I don't even think Zoom was an option at that point. I think it was, yeah, it was starting to be. Back then, yeah. yeah, we missed that mark. Um, we quite literally had like a very short viewing. It had to be like timed. It was very, yep. I mean, it was just very short. Um, remember, we couldn't yeah. hug each other. There were literally signs that said no hugging. And I'm like, uh, this is the one time I actually want hugs from people. <laughs> like I'm not a hugger except for right now. Oh, and yeah. I can't. 
yeah. So I was like, okay. And then everyone's in their weird, like, it just felt odd. And it almost, I mean, you think if you're at a service and everybody's standing with their family groups, usually you're at least conversing, but it was, we were so segregated. It felt like everyone didn't like each other or something. And then that just kind of made it weird and took from the focus kind of, because it's like, wait, like we're not supporting each other, but we are, I don't know. This is not what I'm used to. Um, and you know, we kind of got to say goodbye to him. And then, so the other thing is, is, you know, we only had so many pallbearers because we were only allowed so many people at the funeral. Right. And so some of the staff had to help and step in, but nobody asked me. So I was like, wait, <laughs> if we're going to have random people step in, I mean, I'm sorry with I'm all respect, obviously I'm going to help because that's, you know, so they would, they were nice. And then I got a taste of what it's like on the other side to be the family that switches up the thing on them last minute. So sorry, but Classic. that's my dad. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, so I, uh, so I got to, that was my first, not my first, but the, f- I mean, it was a, another time that I got to help be a Paul, Paul bearer, I guess. Um, right, it was a catalyst for the next thing. Yeah, right? and what was kind of weird is since we, since we kind of didn't have a normal service, I don't know why, but I had it in my mind to use my, my voice memo recorder on my phone and record the entire service. So I'm out here already recording the service and doing all this stuff that we do these, you know, with all these services anyway. Um, So it's almost kind of been like, I I try not to sound cocky, but I just feel like with my experience and stuff, like I've, I've just somehow experienced so much and saw the needs of people and saw what worked and what didn't. And so I kind of have known what to do. And I know that I bring comfort um, to other people and I'm able to be at the point of like strength in that moment because obviously I feel we all feel and we have emotions and even when it's not our family like it's people we're helping I mean yeah there's days where I go home and cry I'm sure many of us have almost probably all of us but you know you go home I mean they don't see that always but you it hurts you too so you you feel for the families and but it's weird it's like almost like when I have a friend die or something I just I feel like a purpose, like a, like I have a purpose to do something like an obligation, like I said, to to just help and help them get through it because I know that they're going to get through it. But I know that if I'm helping, I can put, can make sure, especially if I know them that I can put the personal touch on that, that, that that is necessary. And, um, and, and just be what that, that family needs in that moment. Um, So, yeah, so all of that kind of combined, like I said, my, my dad was March of 2020. So that kind of, after that, it kind of pushed me to start looking. Um, I actually did weddings at that point and was the florist. So, like I said, all these random things. Uh huh. I mean, I was a marketing director too. So like all those things combined (laughs) kind of led me to, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I saw all that. Right. And so. I mean, I didn't know it all. Even if I have all that training and background, every day is different, right? You're always learning. And that's what I like about this stuff. But um, you, (laughs) I didn't really do the whole wedding thing. I mean, I didn't really have a lot of experience. I did actually now that I think about it, um, you know, your first question about the unique, a unique experience. So there was a family, the last family I I did a wedding for, um, I, you know, I, finished their wedding, congratulated them. And that was it. After that, I, yeah. I kind of quit weddings. It wasn't my thing. One night I was on call and I show up to this house 
And no. I'm just there, and the family just looks so familiar, and I'm just like, I don't know why. And then leaving, you know, knowing that I'm going to help on the service because I just, I, I like to help on the services. We do things a little differently, but I like to help on the services of the families that I do the calls for. Because for me, it, it's nice to have a familiar face um, yes. and not be switched through a lot of people. Um, sometimes yes, you can't help that. Can't, right, yeah, right. exactly. But, you know, I like to do that if possible. I like to be there during the call, give them that experience and, and, and know that I'm going to take care of your loved one. You just take care of yourself right now. Like we right. are handling this. We'll see you. It's not goodbye. It's see you later, you know, for now. Um, and I, I like to, to follow up with them. Right. So this family, I already kind of anticipated wanting to help with their, their funeral service portion, but it hit me on the drive back to the mortuary. Like, Oh my gosh, this family is the one I did the wedding for. <laughs> and then, you know, yeah, I didn't mention it, but at the funeral service, they, one, one of the people ended up recognizing me and I, you know, we had discussed it and it was nice um, to have that because they were like, well, you helped us a lot with that. So, you know, and you've been such a help with this. It's actually pretty nice. Um, and then unfortunately a few weeks later they had the another, yeah, they had another service that they, you know, a loss in their family. But at that yeah. point they were like, well, we know for sure that you'll take care of us. And so that was yeah. a really unique experience to, and again, I mean, helping people that, you know, um, I've, I've done funeral services for old teachers of mine that I've had. Um, sure. And it's crazy to think back on like one day they were teaching me stuff in school and little did I know later on, I would be such an important part yeah. of their life. Like they were mine. Right. Like you never know. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and I've, that's another thing is I've cared. So, like I said, it just kind of losing my dad kind of pushed me into that, but you know, and losing all the people close to me, I just felt like, well, I want to help with all of this, so I might as well see what I can do to get in this in the industry. Sure. So I got lucky enough to get into the industry. It all just, I guess what I'm trying to say in a big novel is that it all played <laughs> a different part. The interest yeah. and the, you know, the experience and all of that kind of all led up to it. And it's all, like I said, being a florist, being a wedding person, um, that all kind of led up to, or I guess put together a puzzle of yep. what helps me now, like, you know, in my day to day yep. doing things and I can feel confident, you know, with the flowers or whatever, because I know the flowers or if some of the right. arrangement falls apart, I can put it back together because I, I designed them before. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just, I feel like I've ended up where, where I need to be. And I know that I make a difference in our families. Um, yeah. And so Ever since starting, I haven't really, I don't, I don't see myself doing anything else because, you know, people say it's important that you love what you do. Um, I mean, I can go for days and not even feel like I'm working. I, it is so rewarding. Like I said, being able to be there and help that family and, and, and give a send off that's personal to them and, yeah. you know, do what they need. So, yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And that's, that's great that you were able to use the challenges that you had in your life and channel that into something good and take yeah. all of your experiences and relate them together and do something that's for the greater good. And, um, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see that all come together as like that missing, missing puzzle mm -hmm. piece for you. And, um, we, we wish you that that continues on and hopefully, um, helps you in your career. And it's something that, 
um, you know, continues to pay for because you're making a difference in other people's lives. And um, it's just uh, a great thing. And it's good to good to see when people find that find that calling and find that uh, that niche for themselves, because sometimes it is challenging and it takes a lot of highs and lows like you've definitely yeah. been through to find that that point, that destination. So um, that's really great. And we, we love to hear that. And um, we, we hope that it, it continues on for you. And um, we just appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. It was a lot of fun getting to hear your, your whole story and how you came to be. So we appreciate you. Yeah, of course. And I think, like you said, it's, it's nice to find, I mean, it's nice to see people involved and in wanting to do this as a, as a job or career, if you will, I don't call it a job, but um <laughs> it's, it's nice to, to see it work out for people who are as passionate about it. And I appreciate what you do, helping give exposure and, and getting everything out there and letting people know that there's a brighter side to things and that we all just want to help each other and yep. giving us all an avenue to learn more. So thank you for taking the there's time no and doubt. having this. And I thank appreciate you. you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. You have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much for joining us on the yeah. Mortuary Show. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye.